I don't, did you, I don't know, like, there, she's out there. You're the Florida version of Sex in the City, JD. That's when I was smoking my cigar. <laughs> don't be an asshole today. Melissa, there. seriously, you look fantastic. Yeah. I got back from work, so I, I you know, I'm, I'm dressed up. <laughs> I just, I, just let me think that it was for the show. Oh, I did. I got completely dressed up. Yeah, I'm like, you thank know, you. Got my thank you. On. I got a little. <laughs> I have leftover mascara on from yesterday. I can't even. My my Bluetooths aren't. They're not connecting. So can you hear me all right? I can totally hear you. Yep. Right. My co-host is. Uh, can't figure out why she can't get in. <laughs> oh well, that's cool. Then no worries. She's coming. Okay. She'll figure it out. She's she's iPadding, so it, everything's a little bit harder for her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. These two. Yeah. Uh, so how's London? You know what? I love it. I I I do love it here. I um been there for years, right? Yeah, yeah. Like this is my eleventh year. The March was eleven years. Yeah, it, it took a it it took a long time to adjust. A really long time, you know, like it was hard to find a job. It was hard to find, uh, to understand the transportation systems. And I still don't, I still refuse to go anywhere alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What about community? You're finding community there. The, the lesbian band community over here is just fantastic. Yeah. Like yeah. And Nikki Mitchell and um, Heads Hearts. And I mean, there's, there was just so many. And, you know, each year we would go back and we would do this festival and whether they were performing or not, they would just come to see everybody, you know, like that's, that's what I love is that right. if you text any of them and say, Hey, we're getting together over here, they'll figure out a way to get there, you know, and just be together. And you know what, Melissa Farrick, I just want to put this out there for people that may not know this, that you're all professional now, like <laughs> teaching yeah. and stuff. So you have like a real job. And yeah. you're, you're spreading the knowledge and that is commendable. <laughs> How did you fall into that? Really by accident, you know, like, um, what was I thinking? I was thinking about this the other day because someone was asking me, but when I was, well, it was right before the truth is came out. So it had to have been 2011. Uh, I got a call from Berkeley College of Music where I had gone to school and they were looking for people to teach the five-week program, which is their summer program for high school students. And I had gone to that my junior summer, and that's actually where I, I kissed a girl for the first time. Hey, yeah, so I like realized, I was, yeah, I realized I was queer there. Um, I mean, <laughs> I realized a special I, place in your heart. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, I mean, I realized I was earlier than that in my life, but I didn't really have, you know, the language for it nor the physical experience of it. So yeah, um, so I was like, you know what, this place, and I went to college there. So I was like, I'm going to do this. And so that's really where I got the bug, you know, the, the giving back and teaching bug. So I, I said yes to that. And I w became the artistic director of their performing songwriter division of the five-week summer high school program right. and increased the capacity over eight years. I did that or nine years I did that. And I increased the, I mean, I don't want to, I don't take all the credit for it, but the program itself, like, like doubled and I had um, I had a lot of artists, but I, one in particular was Megan Trainer was there and also um, Maggie Rogers. And so they were, you know, that was a pretty special time. And while I was doing five week, that's what they call it there, I started, they started to train me 
as a teacher at the college level. So I sat and I learned how to teach from a professor there named Scarlett Keys. So I sat on a lot of her courses and Pat Patterson courses. And then I became a assistant professor there or part-time, I guess I wasn't associate professor, but anyway, whatever. Um, yeah, and I really liked it, but it, it really interfered. It was starting to really interfere with the pace at which I was able to make my own music. So, oh yeah, I, I, yeah. But I, I mean, so I was there, and I, and I, and then I was getting into my forties, you know, like my mid forties, and I was like, I don't really want to get back in a van again and do like all over the world eating McDonald's. I just really can't take it. My body can't take it. And yeah. it's a grind, man. Yeah, it's a real grind, and I don't, you know, and also you know, I really didn't, I'd been on the road since I was 17, you know, so I was like, I didn't have a lot of friends, I didn't have a lot of community, I didn't really have any home, so to speak, you know, right. um, and that was really, it was really hard for me, and um, so, and it's been hard learning how to make friends, you know, I started really learning how to make friends in my mid-40s, and so now I'm, you know, I'm 51, I'll be 52 this year, and I'm like, right there I, with I, you, right there I with actually, you. yeah, I actually have friends, I actually have yeah people that That's I'm saying no, yeah. but it's like being reintegrated into society you know I mean, because a full adult when you're like I don't yeah. know what I'm saying yeah <laughs> I can make friends right like oh, you want to see oh. me next weekend out of it I remember there's this one girl I had this crazy crush on and like I was Boulder Colorado or something and I, like I wanted to date her and then I was like oh, it would take me 10 years to see you 20 times because I come here twice a year right <laughs> yeah Exactly. How difficult. Didn't even think, you know, factor in a relationship on top of like just about a friendship yeah. thing. Right. Yeah. Right. That's where all the songs come from. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wealth. It's a wealth of material. Um, but now look at you. Like what did did you so all right, go back, take yourself back way back then. And if somebody would have asked you where you thought you would be at 51. Would you stay where you are now? No, yeah. I think I, when I was young, you know, like when I, you know, we're coming up on the next year, will be the 30th anniversary of my first record. And of course I wanted to be Sinead O'Connor, you know, I wanted to be yeah. famous and um, yeah. more than that. I didn't really want to just be famous. I just wanted to be able to make records you know like make music like that's heard and be successful and i and i have done that so it's always kind of like sure. important for me to reflect back and think you know i have students for instance that want to do what i've done and i think when i say to them you know i didn't i have to be really grateful i didn't have to have a second job from the time i was 17 until i was i mean i don't think i've ever had to have a second job right like i'm choosing right. each i'm right. choosing to do this yeah. So yeah, no, I, I think the biggest thing, I mean, no, I never would have thought I would, I would teach at the college that I went to and, and left, you know, halfway through, right. I certainly never would have thought I'd go to Harvard. I mean, that, that was definitely, that was mind blowing when that, and I just graduated in 2019, but that's like, so never, never in a, I mean, it's still kind of incredible to think that and I'm really involved at the Graduate School of Education still too. You know, I mean, I, I, you know, so I was a teaching fellow there and I still co-teach a course um, with my mentor, Dr. Carson, who's very involved in the connection between psychopathology and creativity, which is really what I'm interested in researching. Wow, yeah. you know, so I'm like, I'm in deep on the, the 
psychology of creativity. I just because it's been something I've lived, you know, like yeah. how does the road affect the brain of a of a highly creative individual who is, you know, trying to balance the difference between you know, isolation and solitude, like yeah. isolation can kill us, you know, right. as we know, choose, you know. Yeah, right. Solid. The whole world experiences yeah, it. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. Yeah. So that's been really fun. But, oh uh, my God. But the cool thing is, is that you, you just mentioned isolation and I'm thinking everybody's making that connection with isolation now, you know, whereas yeah. before, I don't know, like you thought isolation was sitting in your own backyard and not having anybody over. Like that was isolation. You know, mm -hmm. it, was, it wasn't about not being able to see yeah. other people. You were making a choice to isolate and hang out and you know that, but when it's mandatory or it just becomes a part of your life, it's a whole different ball of wax, you know? And that's, we, we, now we understand it. Like, I feel like now, now we get it kind of thing. But the, the amazing thing is finding that, you know, like you said, the, the, the psychoanalytical part of, you know, what is happening? Like, how is this? It, am I choosing this? Has it just sprung upon me? Am I following or I'm following orders? I'm not really choosing it, but you know, it, it felt forced and, and we all got like a little taste of that. And um, yeah, it's, I don't want to use the word soul, soul destroying, but I mean, I think, especially for the creatives, you know, like that, it was, it was, it was, it was, I watched my friends struggle so hard with it, you know, that couldn't do, that couldn't work, that were doing Facebook live stuff and trying to, you know, connect and engage with people and, and, you know, saw how hard it was. I think, you know, we started the podcast at the, at the kind of like, uh in the, in the onset of it, you know, in early 2020. Um, and, and, you know, obviously we wanted to in, in, engage with each other and people and, and, and still let people know, you know, that, that, that you know, it's okay if you got to do things I, I, on the internet, you know, you know? It, but it, it really, you know, my, my question is, is did people get the same reward as they would if they were sitting in a room with someone? You know, did it feel as rewarding? Like I, I felt like it's all we had, you know, mm -hmm. like that was the only way I could see my mom, you know, in Florida or in, you know, talking on the phone and video chats and stuff like that for two years. And I mean, normally I was going home every three, four months, you know, and all of a sudden or she, or at least she would come over here, you know, once or twice, but you know, that was, that was brutal. It was, it was really brutal. And I thought, you know, I mean, thank God that we do what we do because it was a way to, you know, catch up with people, talk to people. Um, you know, it didn't, they didn't have to be, I, I wasn't looking for like, you know, A-list guests or anything. I just wanted, you know, anyone to come on and talk about what their experience was, you know, and now that we're moving out of it, how it's affected them. And um, I think, I think what you're, um, what you're doing is incredible. It's a great thing to, um, you know, especially because, you know, kid, obviously kids are, coming to that class because, you know, they're musically inclined, they're creative, they're, you know, but you're, you're showing them the other side to it, you know, just so they have the whole picture. Yeah. I think it, you know, at Northeastern, that's where I teach now. I've been at Northeastern University for the last three years. It's a different student than the Berkeley student because I'm teaching in music industry uh, program. I also teach in their creative practice master's program, mm -hmm. which is creative practice leadership. 
which is really interesting. But, you know, back just, you know, circling back to some of what you're talking about, which I find so interesting. And one of the things that I'm, I'm sure we all are kind of unraveling now, which is, you know, as a musician, when I, when I, uh, you know, like I, I, I do think that musicians and artists, let me just say artists, artists in general. Yeah. Yeah. Artists in general are pretty good at isolating. So, so we're used to, and, and can thrive on that. You know, that's a, that's a space in which I usually create from, but you know, that, that, that difference between it being, I'm using the word solitude only because very famous poets have used that and writers have used that as a space that's very uh, fertile for creative process for, um, you know, for illumination and for, you know, incubation would be a solitude space and then illumination coming out of that and, and creating works. But I think that the, 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 the thing about isolating and isolation, right, is that it really can cause us to go into mental distress. And I think for the whole universe, I can't speak for the whole universe, but for <laughs> even quote unquote regular people, we have all suffered, you know, mentally. This, the, my students, the people I see, the musicians I know who weren't able to uh, switch into playing live well on, uh, mm-hmm. who were just like completely freaked out by it. Um, it it's been a real mental health crisis, you know. Um, I, I am really grateful that I, I, I didn't, I, I had a little trouble the first couple months when COVID hit. I got real scared. Yeah, real, me too. Like, yeah. Real scared. I was like, I mean, can I not breathe? Like, I, I, you know, I was, and now I can't go to a hospital. I mean, what, what, I know as a Virgo, imagine. I like, I kept feeling, I, I'm kind of, I've been training my whole life for this because I'm a neat Nick. I'm a little bit of a germaphobe. I'm, you know, neurotic about those oh. things, but I was not prepared for this. Well, me either. And so I got wicked scared. But then I kind of came, as soon as I got vaccinated, I was all set. Yes. I, I felt, relief. I was like, I'm good. I'm not going to die most likely. So I'm good. But um, flying, flying the first, my first flight, I was very nervous all over again. Like I'm I'm vaxxed and boosted and I got a mask on. I got my hand sanitizer. I can't do anymore. Like I just need to chill out and get, you know, I'm not getting in a plane. (laughs) I'm not getting a plane right now, but it was, yeah, it was a little hard, but I'll tell you, I was sitting next to a British guy on the way, on the way back, ironically. And I don't, I got overwhelmed again, you know, with being in the airport. Miami is such a mixing pot of every place under the sun coming in, you know. So that was my was my thing. That was what was hitting the nerve with me. Um, So I got on the plane and I was I must have looked freaked out because the guy was so nice next to me. He was like, "Have you not flown during the the?" pandemic I'm like well I, I got here like I'm, I'm actually I live in London so I'm going back and he goes oh you know where do you live and I told him and he lives like right nearby and we chatted for a while and he was like can I ask the flight attendant to like do you want a blanket do you need a drink can I get and he was so lovely for, for the whole thing and I would just finally like relaxed midway through but it yeah. was tough man it was yeah. it was tough yeah something yeah there there were certain things that you know, I still won't like get on a tube, you know, I won't get on the underground. Like I'll take a train because the windows are open and I feel better about it, but I, I won't go underground for anything. So I'm kind of, you know, not really up for going to events. And even we went to go see Hannah Gadsby uh, 
in March on St. Patrick's Day, actually. And I thought, what a freaking night to be out, you know, didn't even dawn on me that it was St. Patrick's Day when we got the tickets. But we ended up like taking an, an Uber back and forth in, instead of public transportation. And it just felt like a better choice, you know, like it is all about, you know, I know, you know, people that they're, they're next level with this stuff and they're still not going out and everything. But I feel like, you know, the more knowledge you have about it and the, and the, the, the better grasp you have on what it takes for you to feel personally safe you know, then you'll, you'll be okay. You're taking responsibility for yourself. You're protecting others if you're wearing a mask and, you know, that's, that's all you can do, you know? So it is about just your level, you know, your level of comfort. You don't want to fly yet. Don't fly yet. Like I get it. (laughs) That was was a push through. If if there ever was one, that was, that was a push through, but you know, I, I, um, I'm, I'm, I feel bad because I like, you know, supporting live music, you know, Mm -hmm. you want to go see someone, play and I'm, I'm still not comfortable in big old crowds yet, you know, and that's, and that's hard, you know, like even at the Hannah Gadsby show, it was in a little bit of a, it was in the, in the London Palladium, but you know, we wore a mask the whole time and there were like maybe one out of every two people were doing it, you know, and I just mm-hmm. thought, okay, I don't care what people are saying or thinking, you know, I got to do what's right for me. And mm-hmm. you know, that, that's kind of like how you have to go about it, but it makes me feel bad because that's my first thought when I'm thinking like, I want to go see horse. <laughs> we were talking about her. I wanted to go see Horse, you know, new new tour, new songs, and everything. I I wanted to go, and and I it's like the it, all of a sudden the new normal is putting way, way you know weighing your decision. I think of what you're going to do, where you're going to go, how you're going to get there, how many people are going to be there. What's that's just stuff we we didn't really think about before, yeah, you know. And yeah. that's 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 hard, you know. I think it would be like if if I was a musician. You know, I would be cool stepping into a small studio, recording my stuff, but never having to go out and play it. <laughs> it's, you know, just, yeah, it's, it, it's crazy. And I, I always, like you were saying, sometimes those situations, you know, are what you write about, you know, when you're so, you know, my, I wish, I wish JD could get in here because she wrote an amazing song during the pandemic mm. and it was called uh, keeping the faith. And it was, um, so heartfelt and it 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 summed up what we were going through in a song you know it was pretty cool um well listen why is there a reason let me copy this invitation and see if you stick this in the chat i don't know well i copied her um just try that that's in the chat i don't know why they can't get in here it's let's see i yeah, it's so strange. Every once in a while, her email just kind of jams up and she gets stuff from other people. And then I don't, so then I don't get why she's not getting it from me. <laughs> you know, like I, I take it very personal. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's okay. I mean, you know, I, I, I just want to warn you, I have a, I have a, I have to leave at six o'clock. So I can't. I got gotcha. I got yeah. you. But I want to talk about like where you're at now, as far as like, yeah, new stuff, um, writing, you know, um, moving forward, what it looks like for you. How do you, how do you feel about things? Is teaching where it's at for you now? Yeah, I really, uh, yeah, I, I really, um, well, next year with the 30th, uh, anniversary of the first record, I'm working on a huge project right now. So on a triple record, that'll be out next August. Oh, wow. So uh, I I don't know. We need to hear really good. We're going to, um, well, I'm going to do, uh, 
a retrospective and um, there'll also be a bunch of writing involved in it. So I'm gonna do a whole bunch of creative nonfiction essays about my experiences with each song as it kind of travels along through each of the oh albums. So there's, there's 18, 18 albums and so there'll be at least 18 tracks on there. And then, um, and some writing about just, you know, some, I've, I've been, I've been hinting at, you know, writing some sort of, not a memoir, but I'd, I think I'd like to do a book of, of short essays just about particular experiences that really stand out, you know, like meeting Morrissey, like that moment or oh, meeting. That would be amazing. And a thing that I learned from each of those experiences. And because I think that that will be helpful for students as well. You know, like I always tell this story to Sometimes students will ask me if you could go back and do, you know, one thing differently, which is like a classic question. Yeah, but, yeah. And there's a few things I would do. I'm not a, I'm not ashamed that I did them the way they did. Everything, of course, gets you to where you are. But of course, but in hindsight, I've, I've learned certain things. And there's one particular instance at Atlantic Records when I was putting my first when the first record was coming out. And um, I'm, I guess I could go back and I will go back and figure out what the woman's name was in 1994, who was the head of publicity. I can't remember her name, but, um, you know, she was probably, you know, she was in her, she was the head of publicity at Atlantic Records, you know what I mean? Like, she's like really good at what she did. And I was 22 and, um, you know, and I went into her office and started to tell her yeah, I'm how, to, AD how to, it. you're right. Oh, good, good. Like okay. how to, oh, cool. Yeah. I'll say hi first. <laughs> AJ. second let me just see if i could join in oh you're there we can hear you oh thank god oh about 10 minutes left this is awesome uh, i'm holding the ipad up because um i put the thing away already i gave up so i'm just gonna hold it and talk oh to yeah you. it's totally fine it's so good to see you jd it's so cool this is so, so great. nice meet you <laughs> i know but i don't think i've ever met you jd but denise and i met each other i would say it's got to be 20 years ago denise i think it is right? i think we're going on 20 yeah yeah, yeah. wow were you working at amazon when it first where were you working when i first met you or were you wrote a play that was yeah no i i was working at etna um etna. I was, yeah it was at etna but i was doing the podcast the lesbian lounge and were you also an editor of some kind or a uh, no, I did a lot of writing. We did, um, we did an audio soap opera. We did, we did a lot of stuff that we That's incorporated. What I was trying to remember. I think we asked you if we could use your music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I don't know if I owned it then, but I, I hope I said, yeah, I mean, yeah, I it, oh, yeah. Yep, yeah. yep. But yeah, it, I mean, but, yeah, uh, it's way back. We were just, Jay, we were just talking 30 years since her first. Yeah. Wow. Right. Well, oh my year, God. It will be 30. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember when I first got on CD Baby, you yeah. were like the best seller on the on CD Baby, and I was like so impressed with your career and your music, and I can't believe I'm meeting you today, and oh, I crazy. couldn't get on, and the, everyone else's email was coming through, and Denise's wasn't there. I pictured it over flying overseas somewhere, like floating over <laughs> from, from I London. Think that, I think maybe what was happening was I was including you both on the email, but when I sent it to you separately, because um, Melissa oh. just sent me the link in the in the little chat box, and I sent it to you separately, and maybe uh, that's what it was. It wasn't making a detour 
<laughs> up, upstate. <laughs> it was coming it straight to Florida. Very slow cloud. <laughs> it only stopped. It only stopped by her. It didn't, it didn't continue. The one so stop. Melissa was just telling us that when she was 22, she was sitting in. Melissa, tell her you were sitting in an office. Oh, yeah. With, I was just talking about how, like, that question that you get from people be like, you know, what would you do differently? Or, or you know, what would you do differently if you could look yeah. back now? And mm -hmm. I'm talking about when I, when I put this, I'm doing a retrospective so that it should come out next year in August. And I'm going to include little short essays about moments that I remember or things that I learned or people that I met or like kind of like peak, you know, quote unquote, peak moments, not mm -hmm. peak important i should change yeah that. the ones that had yeah. the impact yeah. yeah ones that really were like okay and one of them was the head of publicity at atlantic who i was 22 the first record was getting ready to come out she must have i was saying to denise i'm you know she's at her prime right like this woman is like head yeah, of publicity head of PR. Right. Right. like right. she kind of knows what she's doing you know she was <laughs> probably 50 you know my age now like when you hit it you know like we're in our stride now like we know what we're doing right yeah we know what we're doing and we don't give a shit what other people think anymore which is <laughs> um you know we want to do things the right way but we also <laughs> we can also admit when we're wrong we can learn new things we can just let it go we don't need to carry stuff around with us because who's got the time and so I walk in there and I'm starting to tell her, I was trying to tell her how to, you know, publicize my record. And she was so patient and kind with me. And she just listened to me. Uh -huh. and she said, um, you know, you have some really interesting ideas and I'll definitely think about that. Thanks for coming in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that and now I do that, you know? Right, yeah. right, right. Wow. I mean, seriously, that is so true in your, in your role now, yeah. how many kids come up to you, you know, and say, I want to, you know, I want to do what you did, or I want to follow that path. And I want, you know, like, do you now tell them be open? Like, you know, <laughs> I mean, what they usually say, which is you have to be careful, right? Cause artists are like really thin skinned, you know, I mean, I'm Very still sensitive, so, right? so sensitive. Yeah. And, and even now, you know, when I write a song and I play it for you, I really just want you to tell me that it's great. Right. <laughs> I, I really don't, especially when it's a new song, you know, when it's new, right, JD. And we're still working right. out like, oh, yeah. I, I really just want you somebody to be like, that freaking melody right there is so good. Like, just don't say anything bad about it yet. Right. Just say what's good about it. Right. Maybe you could say like, I thought for sure it was called this time because you said this time 16 songs, but you want to call it like, you know, you want to call it like last year's heartache and that lyric isn't even in the song. Right, and, right. Don't be freaking Tom York because you're not Tom York and you can't right, do that, right. you know, like- so we, you know, we, you can say stuff like that to me once we're like, once we're friends and we're yeah. in the studio or like, you know, then I'm sure JD, like then, it, then I do really want like constructive critique. Right. Cause right. I can right. be like, that's a cool idea, but I actually don't want to do that, but thank you. So, <laughs> but yeah, but now students are, or younger people, they're not all students, just the other artists. And they just want to be, I mean, there's two, there's two categories, right? Like they just want to be famous which I have no qualms about, but I can't help you. If, if, if we knew how to do that, we would all just do that. Right, right, um, right. And then there's other ones who are like, 
I guess there's three categories. Then there's ones where like, how do I do this? And I say, you have Google. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> I had the white pages, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> I, mean, I literally looked up yep. the address of managers so that wanted to exactly. represent me. And I freaking right. went to New York and I went and I found their offices and I opened the door and was like, here's a package. That's what we did. Right. Yeah. You know, yep. you want to play the bitter end, go to the bitter end. Exactly. Yeah. Week and learn mm -hmm. what the bartender's name is and make friends with her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. That don't, be, don't be mean to the door, door person because they're going to be running the club in freaking six months, you idiot. Right. You know? It's different now. Yeah, it's yeah. so different. See, these now. are the little nuggets. These yeah. are the little nuggets, you know, that I think people should know this anyway. Yeah, that's, that's why a book it is should be that way. Yes, that's yeah. how you are. That's how I was, JD. That's how. Yeah. That's that's where I go. Where I was. I mean, I mean, my dad said, "Learn the custodian's name because he's got every key." Right. Well, right. You, right. That's exactly true, and you need to uh, to have that grassroots approach because even now, you know, like uh, you could you could go online and get people's names, but if you could get that personal connection and with the people around them that's exactly true i love that about the janitor your dad was so true it was so right i just so want to let both of you know that i used to eat lunch with the janitor listen and oh. I, <laughs> Early. Just, yeah doesn't surprise me you just can't you, you can't um because you know it's it's that old saying of like who you see while you're going up you'll see on the way down you know yeah. right it's and, and so those, but those moments, like I, I learned, you know, two things from that experience with that publicist, which is one, you know, well, I mean, a lot of things, because I did have a lot of good points. I, I had my ear to the ground. I knew my queer community. I knew where I should, you know, that maybe I shouldn't be playing that club. I should be playing this club and that, and she's not on the ground the way that we are when we know our market. So the artist doesn't right. know their market, but but learning to stay open-minded and as I've grown up in this industry and written with other people and been, you know, now in teaching and learning about different ways of thinking, even being flexible with my thinking, like, I, I just feel like I'm a better, I'm definitely a better writer. Now I'm doing co-writing, I'm in recording with other people and I'm writing in, in kind of a, in a country uh, genre and, you know, it's just really interesting how, I, I just feel like I don't need to necessarily tour far away from home anymore because of COVID, like one of the wonderful things about getting stuck at home, right, was that like, I got a pretty good setup here now to play live from my house. <laughs> right, right. And I think that I'm lucky at the age that I am, my fans are older as well. And mm -hmm. they don't necessarily want to go to the freaking who wants yeah. to play at nine o'clock? I'm like, you want me to go on at nine on a Sunday? None of my fans are going to be up that late. They have kids, <laughs> right? They have kids, they or kids. They, yeah. and yeah. they have jobs. Yep. That's a, that's a good So I can go online at, you know, eight o'clock at night, East Coast time, you know, which is five Pacific time. So I don't know. It's good. It'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to good. see. Yeah, things are changing. They're changing and people are had to adapt. You know, we've all figured out ways to, you know, we're in survival mode. You know, we figured out ways <laughs> how to survive that. But we also found out what works for us. You yeah. know, yeah. 
I think and it's I think it's thinking outside the box too. Like we yeah. had to really think outside the box on what we're going to do to have our still create and and do our art and and the online thing really worked for me as well, Melissa. During the lockdown, especially, you know, I was just telling somebody today. I just was in my the other bedroom here that I made into like a little studio, and I was reaching people in Italy, like hello from Spain, hello from Italy, you know, like like you know just on a Saturday night at eight o'clock Eastern time. I don't know what it was there, but they were all listening. And I was like, that's what, why I had the idea to do this podcast. But I wanted to ask you uh, at your live shows, like now, mm -hmm. these days, how are you selling music? Because people don't even have a way to sell a CD. Mm -hmm. And I still have a bunch of CDs, but you know, <laughs> What do you do? Like, even if I wanted to have a new medium, what what is it? Do yeah. you have a flash drive or like with with MP3s on it? Like, what? How, how do are people selling music, or do yeah. you just not at a show? Yeah. I just don't. So I mean, I had to when I moved into Boston, um, and I don't know what you know what you do with your taxes, but I I threw out. I think I had to recycle about twelve thousand CDs um, that I just <laughs> knew. I would, it just was weight on my, in my attic. Right. Right. And it was sad and it was a lot of money, you know, mm -hmm. that I spent, oh, yeah. sure you spent it too. Mm -hmm. When 2005 hit, I mean, it was over, you know, that 2005 when iTunes started, I mean, I really think it started a little before that for me because Lime of Wire. I, I was, <laughs> yeah. I mean, LimeWire first. Yeah. Well, yeah. Napster. Napster. Um, oh my God. Right. Right. But always, you know, we were killing it with CD sales through 2000, 2003, 2004, 2005. And then I made a record called In the Eyes of Strangers, which came out in 2006. It's a great record. And I made a, and I've sold out of those CDs. And then we did a repressing. And when we repressed it, that's when I got screwed. Oh. And I just, I saw anyway. So I took a huge, well, I don't know, huge in, in the indie world, right? Like I, but I took a tax deduction for the first time on like, product that like broke down or whatever I don't know what the heck it's called it was there was a column for it so I, I actually got to add up how much some however much it cost us to make all those cds Jada, you think about that and then you cut it in half or something and then you can you can write that off as a loss oh like so that was good but I cut some cds but now I just make vinyl I make low run vinyl really yeah, yeah. And, um, and I, the, with the CDs that I have left, I put them out at a merch counter and I leave a basket and it just says, take what you need, you know? And That's then there's cool. a, oh, yeah, great just, idea. because there's no, I mean, some people like to get something signed at a show. Some right. people have, right. they have yeah. old cars with CD players still in them. Right. Yeah. But, they, yeah. You know, but, but you're right. Nobody's going to drop 15 or 20 bucks on a CD anymore. They're just not going to yeah. do it. So no, yeah. I don't sell USBs or anything like that. I just, I mean, it's all, it's all streamed. That's all it is. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't even bother to bring him with me to the show because it's just extra weight. Like you said, I, another thing I, mean. I got some in the back of my car and I just lay out whatever. I just grab a handful and I lay it out and I'm like, there you go. That's it. I yeah. like that idea. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Like, I, I don't know. I, I just keep thinking like we are, we're on a bend, you know, like things are really, we're on a curve. Things are changing. This we've learned from the last couple of years what's necessary, mm -hmm. what we need to do. 
But also looking back, you know, like again, 2004, 2005, that was a big change too. But look at vinyls coming back. Yeah. People are yeah. their record players <laughs> again, you know, whether, whether they, they're buying ones that are like, that look retro, but they're really, you know, new. Right. I love right. it. I just love it. But yeah, people are, are getting back into the vinyl. I think that's smart to have a couple of those done. Well, it outsold CDs for the first time in the United States a couple of years ago, vinyl did. So, so that's a huge mark, you know, huge mark. And the, the good news is, is that even though the problem though, well, there's two, first of all, it takes so long. The backlog on vinyl pressing right now is so bad because there's only like five places in the, in, in the U.S. that even make vinyl. And one of the best ones like burned up and is just, has been destroyed. I, I don't remember where it is, so I don't want to say the wrong place, but it's gone. Mm-hmm. And then the quality of vinyl pressing is also very um, back and forth. So there's, there's some places that make very bad vinyl. So you don't mm-hmm. you want to be really careful about. And when you're when you're finalizing your records, we used to call it mastering. We call it finalizing now. Well, we you know you have to have a separate finalization for vinyl than you do for CD or for digital. So now for artists, now we have to pay even more money. We have to get our you do or you get a ozone. I don't know if you work in Pro Tools, but Ozone makes a, a fantastic mastering software um, called um, I mean Isotope makes this plugin called Ozone, which is has some amazing mastering software in there. So you can do that, but. It's it's really um, it's a whole it's a whole other ball game now with streaming. I mean, what, how artists are able to make money now really is just through branding and and um, and and alliances uh, and 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 touring. But touring disappeared, right? And even right. With, even with sync, like there used to be a ton of money in sync, and now because they know that they're the new A and R, there you you're if you're an unknown artist, basically you're just you're happy to get the sink. You're not getting, yeah. you know, anymore. Like, yeah, I had a sink once that paid me $35,000. You know what I mean? Like that's a lot wow. of money, you know, but those just aren't coming through anymore for, for artists of my, of my caliber or my success level. Now, you know, I'm, you're lucky to get 150 bucks. I think I got, I got placed in dog, the bounty hunter and I got paid $150. It's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, that's me taking the two of you for a steak dinner. It's like, right. so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it it is it it, it it there's no surviving in that route, you know. There's well, they spend all their money on, you know, when they want the Rolling Stones song, they're you know, and now all the publishing, right. all the publishing buyouts, you know, which is amazing. But so now, if they want to use um a Paul Simon song, they're you know, it's not Paul Simon anymore that says yes or no because you have to get permission to sync. You can't just sync something. Yeah. So, but now they don't have to go to Paul Simon or his, his publisher anymore. They're just going to go to whatever publishing company bought out the entire rights of that publishing. Right. It's It's incredible. It's like, and I'm only, I know you, you got to bolt out of here real quick, but I'm only going to, I just wanted to mention that it's so hard when you're doing like Jay, we talk about this all the time, don't we? It's so hard when you're doing everything on your own. Yeah, you know, like because the business mm-hmm. interferes with the creative, exactly interferes with the promoting. It's like all one thing, and you're, you know, trying to, you know, keep your hands on all of it. It's your stuff. Yeah, it becomes yeah. so much business that it's, uh, you know, like it, it takes a little bit of the joy uh, away from it. You know, especially yeah. if you're not 
technical, you know, or um, savvy with that kind of stuff, you know, like it's, mm -hmm. it's a learning experience to get to where, you know, that part comes easy, you know, because I feel like it never does. You know, we, I, I say it all the time, like the more I learn, the more work it right. works, right. it is work. It leaves so little time to create. And exactly. Difficult, you know? Frustrating. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Jade, you a CD baby? Is that how you're putting your stuff out? Well, yeah, as on the digital distribution, mm -hmm. the way, you know, they have it on Spotify, iTunes, you know, Pandora, whatever. Uh, yeah, that's basically... Um, how I'm getting my my own music out there, mm -hmm. and and my you know I, I any way I can get it out through social media. Jenny, but, you're yeah. really number one on Reverb Nation. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I remain number one in, in country in Miami on Reverb Nation, but um, uh, I just got publishing on some of my songs uh, for a company in France. So you know they're going to shop it to some you know, commercial uh, film, like what you said, you were in Dog the Bounty the Hunter. Yeah, yeah. yeah so you, you never know. It, yeah, sync. So that's just, uh, they just have part of my catalog, but. Um, and so let me ask you this. There's another way. I don't know another way to do it. So, yeah. so I, have a, I have a question for you about that. I can, I can push this till 610. Okay. It's a, it's a 6.30, but I need to like regroup yeah. and eat something. Um, uh, so the thing that you signed with the people in France, is it exclusive? Does it say this is an exclusive agreement? It's an agreement for the deals they get. So they change the name on the songs when they get a deal. So it's just for that. They have 50% of the publishing just for that deal. So I still own the rights to it for mm -hmm. anything else I get for it. So, okay. So it's non-exclusive then. So that's yeah. good. So, um, so I do know that the CD Babies Pro Publishing um, opportunity is really, really good. And is it? Yeah, it's as close to a. I mean, Tanya Butler, who's the head of music business at Berkeley and she's a lawyer, told me that it's as good as any publishing admin deal she's ever seen. So if you, you know, and it's non exclusive, so you can click that box and not feel afraid of that. Ah. Uh, so I would do that. And because then they're collecting all your neighboring rights royalties as well, which is like really, uh, it's it's like mind boggling and you'll never be able to do it. And are you with like ASCAP or BMI? Who are you with? Who's your performing rights organization? ASCAP. Cool, all right. And then are you also with Sound Exchange? Do you have a Sound Exchange account yet? I don't, okay, so I, you I don't know what that is. So sign up with Sound Exchange because they're collecting all the royalties for sound recording owners for all the um, streaming royalties oh, and okay. that's, that's relatively new it's a nonprofit organization based out of washington dc so all sound recording owners and performers so mm -hmm. you will get a double um a double royalty from them um it's small but it adds up wow so, yeah. i know that thank you wow. yeah thank you for that information soundexchange.com so do that and then um yeah, so I just think um, in and when you're putting stuff out with CD Baby, there's a couple other things too. Like, you should you should really always click the box that says yes, give me a UPC code, which I bet you do because yes. And then also click the box that says, do you want us to attach an IS uh, ISRC code to your material? So that's you definitely want that. That's the international standard recording code. 
And that is the code that's going to pick up the, your digital stream and acknowledge who it, who it belongs to so that you're able to get, you're able to get paid. Oh, and okay. that's free. And it's also not something to be afraid of. They're not taking anything from you. They're just identifying your digital, your digital product as it being you. So I teach oh, this a lot because okay. they're like, I didn't know what it was. So I, I, I assume right. it's the devil and it's like, no, it's not. <laughs> so so um, sign it to you, to your account, you get your. Exactly. Code. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So they know every time it spins on Pandora, every time it streams, because we, we say spins because it's old school, but every time it streams on Pandora, that code is, is, uh, is tallied and then it knows it's a JD Danner. Oh, Okay. I have to go back and look at that site. I have to and you can attach it like- now. You can do it in hindsight. Oh, okay, good. So, yeah, so just you can just go back in and, and, and click on that. Oh, yeah, awesome. I would go in. I would go in. Valuable information right there. It really is. Thank you so much. For that. Well, I feel like we just got a free lesson. You did. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, then we'll let you, now we'll let you go eat. <laughs> you, you've earned a meal. <laughs> I love oh, yeah. your hair, by yeah. the way. I know. I, thank you. I just got it trimmed yesterday and it's really got some height. Well, it it's only got looks some height there. Well, well, got some hair product going I, on. I no, guess. nothing. No, it's the, it's really? the blow. She blew it dry. You know how, when you go to the, you all yeah. know, and then, you know, they yeah. blow dry your hair. Look at this, the good gray. This is, this is, I like the sexy gray. Right That's here. good never gray. Gonna, yeah. No, I'm going to show you what's hair. not good gray. <laughs> oh, I got it. Trust me. I got it deep in here. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I just haven't taken that shower that you have to take after you go to the hairdresser. You know, like I can't, yeah. like gotta, it's not really wash right. Wash their style out. Yeah, <laughs> wash the blow dry out. I'm like, why are you, blow, do I look straight? Why are you blow drying my hair? It's like, I say it all the time. I don't want to leave here looking like Bonnie Raitt. It never fails. It's like, you know, yeah, the femme yeah. tops, I guess, don't blow dry their hair. I don't know what, I don't know. They're getting, they're doing their That's job. such a generalization. You know, I'm, I'm just joking, but like, <laughs> Oh man, I'm telling you, it is so good to see you. It's and so I'm so glad you. that that you are uh, spreading the knowledge. You know, you're mm-hmm. you're you're giving it back in tenfold. It's amazing. Yeah. We're looking forward to uh, tell me again when August is when August of next year. Yeah, it's gonna come out. I don't know. Uh, I really can't say how it will come out yet because it's still kind of under wraps, but it's a it'll be a it'll be a thing. And um yeah, and the, I'm gonna do some sort of live or parties for it or something. I, I don't know, but um, but listen, if you have any sort of you know like online festivals or whatever, do you gotta you know invite me? I'll come play for everybody. Definitely, definitely. Well, you, you'd have yeah. to fly. You'd have, you'd, you'd have to fly. <laughs> oh, no, me. Well, also like if you do an online one or something, or if oh, you do, true, yeah, like, I can always true. zoom in, you know, or something. Right. Or, yeah, especially if you're doing oh, any. Yeah, you guys should do something one. together. They'll be yeah, fantastic. Yeah, we yeah, should. Yeah, look at awesome. me. I'm, I'm managing. managing. Make it happen. No, that's a great idea. Yeah, Good. send me some tracks. Send me some stuff. I love co-writing, JD. I'm always up for a co-write. I'd love to do that. I'll send you some of my stuff. Great. Yeah. Figure it out. I am so glad the link worked. Thank you for resending it. I was just desperately trying out everything I had. I'm like, this, I really wanted to talk to this woman. I know, I know how bad she wanted to be here. It was killing me to get these messages. Still not oh. here. Still no email. Still no email. Oh, no. Oh. Well, we'll share the email, Denise. JD, get my email from uh, I will. Denise in I numbers will or whatever. Are, did, JD, are you in London as well? I can't remember. 
No, I'm in Florida. In Miami I, or where are you? I'm in, actually, I'm in Boca Raton. Okay, cool. I say Miami because a little older. Cooler. You're a little older yeah. up north. <laughs> that's all right. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but it's good. Okay, we we're, get on that. Same, we're on the same time zone. So that makes it easy. Yes. Yeah. You're yeah. in Boston, right? Yeah. Are you yeah. in Boston? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. amazing. Uh, oh, I'm so glad we got to have this catch up, really. Thank you so much for being so yeah. generous with your time. Thank, thank, you. thank you. You're amazing. We love you. And I can't wait. We're going to yep. do things together. I can feel it. Awesome. I'm so excited. <laughs> awesome. Love you guys too. It's like never stop chasing your dreams. Uh -huh. there, that, see? See? <laughs> we drank way too much whiskey.